Hilton's Paste Wax makes your floors a border of beauty for the other things you live with and cherish. I wish you'd try Johnson's Paste Wax soon. The shining luster it gives your floors helps make you proud of the home you live in. In Whistle Vista, the last day of the month is warm, sunny, and delightful. In fact, as the man said when the florist truck tipped over and buried his wife under three tons of petunias, May couldn't have ended prettier. <laughs> and here at number 79, discussing the balmy weather, are Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> In addition to beautifying your home, you also save time and money when you beautify your floors with Johnson's Paste Wax. The tough protective coating adds long life to wood, saves long hours of cleaning. Just a light stroke of a dust cloth wipes dirt and grime from the brilliant Johnson Paste Wax surface. And here's the easy new way to polish your wax floors. Get Johnson's new Beauty Floor Electric Polisher. All you do is guide the polisher across the floor. The big whirling brush does all the buffing for you. You can buy a Johnson's Beauty Floor Electric Polisher from your dealer or rent one at low cost if you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, until next September 13th, we turn you over to the musical hands of Ken Darby and the King's Men. They have a wonderful Johnson's Wax show lined up for you this summer called King for a Night. The King's Man with a guest king every week. Their special king next Tuesday night will be Dan Bailey, and don't miss him. In the meantime, thanks to all you loyal listeners for another year of faithful attendance. And thanks to Johnson's Wax, our favorite sponsor, and to all the people we work with putting the show on every week. A pleasant summer to all of you. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Yes, that's all you do. It's that easy with Johnson's Carnew, because one application of Carnew cleans and polishes your car. First, Carnew cleans the finish, cuts through traffic tarnish and road film that water can't touch. Second, Carnew polishes the finish, makes the whole body sparkle like new. Tomorrow, ask for Johnson's wax-fortified Carnew at your nearest dealer or service station. Cleaning a car can be hard work, but Carnew saves you a lot of that work while giving your car a Sunday shine. Remember, rub it on, wipe it off. That's all you do with Carnew. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And this is Yesterday USA, the home of old time radio and the home of Patricia. She's always here with me. I'm here. Except when I go out and play hooky. Yes, and this is a good time. When are you going to play hooky? When am I going to play hooky? I will be gone the entire weekend of the last weekend in June. Mm-hmm. 
June 24, 25, and 26. So that way. That means we're not going to have a show. Together. On. Together. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because we'll all be up in Seattle. We'll be broadcasting the web convention. Right. I know where you're going. Ah, you can. If not with you on his Friday night show, Walden and I are not with you on Saturday for our show. Right. And Walden has no interviews, Ray Breen or Dr. Mike, uh, on Sunday. That's right. So the 24th, 25th, and 26th of June. He's running away from home. I know. I know. I, our last show together in June will be the 19th, and Patricia it won't, it won't show up until July 2nd. So it's amazing. Two weeks off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we've got three questions here, and I've got some really important stuff to tell you. Good. Okay, three questions. Vacation plans canoeing. They went to Dugan's Lake. Question one, Fibber and Doc got into a fuss. Fibber accused Doc of tipping over the rowboat the last time they went fishing. Doc says it's Fibber's fault for screaming and jumping on his shoulders. Why did Fibber jump on Doc's shoulders? That was question number one. Number two, Teeny has a crush on someone. Who is it? And number three, Molly dropped the paddle into the water and Fibber couldn't retrieve it. How did they manage to get moving? 714-545-2071. It's your opportunity to prove to us that you are actually out there listening. And if you want to reach Walden, he has an email address. Which is for the writer at hotmail.com. <laughs> I sure wish I knew what got you fired up <laughs> My goodness, if we could bottle it and sell it, we would be rich. Uh, I just like to get a smile from Patricia when I can. Okay, so that means... You can send an email to Walden at floridahot.com or send an email to Patricia at waldenshoes.com. If, if you believe that, then you're more confused than I and Patricia together. Was it tough to be? I hope somebody's going to bail you out. Hello there. You're on the uh, air. I only know one answer. What answer is that, Richard? The last one. He paddled with with his um, um, instrument. That's right. What the heck was he playing? <laughs> what the heck was he playing? Hi, Richard. I know it's got eight. Uh, <laughs> got eight strings and it's tuned like a fiddle. We're going to do a Walden here. You'll give me every piece of information I'm not asking for to prove to me that you know what you're talking about. Mandolin. Yeah. Very good, Richard. I didn't, I didn't hear the first part of the show. Oh. <gasps> Of this Fibber, McGee, and Molly. I heard the first part of y'all's show. Good All right. Well, laugh. that's good. You've just, just absolutely a classic. Uh, Yourself. But my wife knew that I was up because she, she woke up and she heard me laughing. <laughs> what were you laughing at? And I hope you're happy. Yep. Now I'm hungry for Mayha jelly. <laughs> Mayhog. Now, I found some mention of Mayhog jelly. What the heck is Mayhog jelly? A Mayhog is like a very small crab apple sort of a fruit. It's like about the size of a cherry. Okay. And it grows in a very thorny bush or 
dark tree. Uh-huh. In, uh huh. Generally in wet areas. And I don't know if it's exclusively in the south or not. I know it's uh, southeast Texas and south Louisiana, they have it. And I don't know of any other use of the fruit other than to make jelly, and it makes a very uh, delicate jelly that's sort of like, sort of like apple, sort of like crab apple jelly, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just delicious. And uh, we used to go out in the in the woods, and my folks would put sheets under a a big mayhaw tree, and then, this is like when I was seven, eight, nine years old, and my job was to climb up in the thing and shake the branches so the uh, fruit would fall out. If it's it were, kind of a dicey thing because it does have thorns. I was just going to ask, if it was a thorny growth, how did you get up there and back down without hurting yourself? Well, my dad would kind of lift me up to get me started, but... Uh, you know, I don't ever remember getting hurt or anything. What and color then, uh, We also had a, a wild berry. We called them dewberries, uh, kind of like a blackberry uh-huh. that grew all over the place. And uh, one summer, my mother put up uh, so many jars of Dewberry jelly, preserves, juice, whatever, that uh, she had absolutely no room left for any more. And she declared that we wouldn't, she wouldn't do any more. But we had a dewberry pie every day. <laughs> and, and I picked most of it. I'd go out, she'd say, well, if you want a dewberry pie, you got to go pick me some dewberries. And I'd go out along the fence lines or someplace near where we lived and and pick those berries. Did they grow like blackberries and raspberries? I guess these would mainly grow like along fences by the sides of roads mm-hmm. and places like that. What and they, they had lots of thorns too, but you know, what did small. what did they look like? And the deal was to be able to pick more than you ate. I guess we stayed very regular that summer. But <laughs> what uh, what did the berries look like? They they look like blackberries. Okay. Uh, first they're green and then they they turn red and then they turn black. Did you have gardens in the summertime? Food gardens? Sometimes we did. Yes. Did your mom do any canning of the vegetables that you grew? No, uh, we just ate them. <laughs> she canned, um, she put up pickles quite a lot. Uh, and um, she uh, put up a lot of jelly and jams and stuff like that. Uh, but she never put up like green beans or different things like that. Did you have what was there? Were there neighbors in your area who swapped out if you had a crop of cucumbers and they had a bumper crop of tomatoes? Did you trade? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What was your favorite uh, fresh vegetable? Oh, yeah. What was your favorite fresh vegetable? Um, well, I love green beans, and I've grown a lot of them. And, of course, tomatoes, homegrown tomatoes are so much better than, than store-bought tomatoes. And uh, I have a brother-in-law who's a dermatologist in South Louisiana, and he says very often, especially older folks that come in complaining of turning a, sort of a strange orange color. <laughs> and the first thing he does is ask them about their tomato crop. Uh-huh. Because uh, it's a condition you get from eating too many tomatoes or carrots or things like that. Yep. Keratosis. Uh, apparently it's not bad for you, but it, except you look kind of weird. And it's pretty scary. <laughs> It, it can be pretty... I never ate that many tomatoes to turn that color button. Well, when you wake up in the morning and you look orange in the mirror, it, it, it can rattle you. Well, I do take a medicine that if I get too much sun, I turn sort of a maroon purplish color, and that's a little alarming, but uh -huh. it goes away. Uh, now, y'all have had this extended uh, discussion about uh, chickens. We have? Uh -huh. Yes, we have. Yes, we forgot have. to ask Ralph. Now, babies are here. We never raised chickens, but we had neighbors that raised chickens. Uh-huh. And my mother and, and this neighbor would, uh, and I would, uh, shall we say, harvest the, uh, <laughs> the ones that were going to be cooked. Uh, okay. My job was to uh, behead them. Oh, and I don't know if that's the proper thing to do for a small boy, but uh, I don't think it, uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up wanting to kill people or anything. So. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and, uh, and my grandmother, one of my grandmothers always had a big garden and a lot of, uh, and a flock of chickens and a hen that stopped laying was earmarked for the soup pot. And we would only, she would only have chicken soup if one of the hens was no longer producing well. But that's what happened to those old gals when they stopped. Uh, I'll bet they never had a second chance either. Well, you know, life is tough on the farm. Um, they, that's exactly what they didn't have. Yeah, and and she lived in a little town, and you talk about people trading out. Uh, you know, she always had homemade butter and and uh, fresh milk that she would get from neighbors, and I think maybe she would provide eggs and and uh, chickens to other neighbors. Did she, she also, churn her own butter? Huh? Did she churn her own butter? No, uh, some of her neighbors did. Did you I mean, ever use did. a butter churn? Yeah, she did, uh, you know, before I came along when they when they lived in a farm, but uh -huh. moved to town, they didn't keep a cow. Did you ever get a turn at a butter churn? Did you ever use one? I never used one, but I've seen them. I have heard she that had them. she had she had a couple of them. 
I've, I've heard and read that they were very tiring, and it was a very long chore to get cream turned to butter. Is that correct? Uh, I think so. I think so. Now, when I was a kid, you could buy milk that was not homogenized. Mm -hmm. It was pasteurized but not homogenized. I don't know if you remember. Well, so the, I don't think so it's old enough. Would, the cream would all sit at the top then. And Yeah, and the cream would come up to the top. And my, my father liked to siphon that off for himself. And you would have to sort of shake the, not sort of, you'd have to shake the milk bottle to distribute the cream in it. And then there'd be little flicks of cream in your milk. And I just hated that. I just thought that was terrible. I don't know why. So... But so when your father took the cream off the top and left you the milk, that was an okay thing? That was fine. Maybe that's why I drink, you know, skim milk today. I don't know. <laughs> Could you whip the cream that came off the top of the milk bottle? Was it that? thick enough to do that? What did you say? It Was it the cream thick enough to whip, whipping cream? I don't know. He just would put it on cereal and stuff or toast or something. I, I don't ever remember him whipping it. But uh, we had a lot of that kind of stuff. So when you got married, did you have a garden? I had a garden um, from time to time after. Our, well, when I first got married, we lived in an apartment, but then we bought a house. And I had a garden from time to time. And I would always have something that would come up. I'd have a bumper crop. Maybe it would be tomatoes. Maybe it would be green beans. Or maybe one, one year I had wonderful lettuce. Really? Uh, or potatoes. Lettuce is not easy to grow. Uh, not supposed to be. No. This was um, in the fall. Mm-hmm. In the fall, in the cool weather, you know, in, in in South Texas, the roughest time to grow anything is in uh, the summer. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Same in Florida. Yeah, I guess it's the same sort of a deal. And uh, but one year I grew so many tomatoes and so many cherry tomatoes. <laughs> that I, you know, I couldn't eat them all, so I made them into uh, spaghetti sauce and froze it. Oh, yum. Now, it takes a lot of cherry tomatoes to make a, <laughs> a few quarts of uh, spaghetti sauce, but it was absolutely fantastic. Oh, it was worth it. Well, yeah. When cherries, When cherry tomatoes start popping out, you have a whole bunch of tomatoes to make into sauce. You don't have to go out and struggle. Yeah. And I found out that uh, when you're planting zucchini, uh -huh. you always seem to plant about four times as much as you need. Uh, well, yeah, it, it four times as much it's grows. Nuts. Same with cucumbers. And um, I, I had an asparagus plot going, and... Uh, some various assorted things happened to it. But one year, 
it went so much that uh, I would go out in the morning and cut all the the shoots, and by evening, before dark, there would be uh, shoots uh, 15 inches long. No kidding. It uh, you know, it's it, the, the, like you could hear it growing. The asparagus plant from outer space. Wow. <laughs> and I remember when I was planting the, uh, I planted uh, roots. And I was there digging this thing to put the roots in. Uh-huh. And I could hear one of a neighbor somewhere saying, poor guy goes out there and works and works and works in that garden and he never gets anything out of it. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, I felt very downtrodden. Poor There's baby. There's some magnificent <laughs> weeds, too. Poor baby. <laughs> well, you know, home gardens, those, those tomatoes, by the time you figure out your time and everything, you know, those things are worth about $35 a pound. <laughs> You're right. You're right. However, they taste so good. You really do. Oh. And it feels do. so good to uh, go out there and, and get stuff and have it for supper that night. Mm-hmm. And to know that, you know, it came out of your yard. And... Uh, I don't know what it is about potatoes. You would think, you know, potatoes are potatoes. But I love red new potatoes. Mm-hmm. And to go out there and and reach under and sort of tickle out a few, because that's how I would do it, and I'd just get enough that we were going to eat that night. And... Uh, and leave the rest of them growing. And... It, it was. It was like you felt would, you know, I'd feel down with my fingers and get get a few out, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, knock the dirt off and wash them, take them to the house and wash them up, and cook them up. Man, they just tasted so good, especially with green beans, fresh green beans. Ah. What? And I don't have a garden now. Oh, if you grow zucchini, I really like zucchini. I do too. I never, I never really cared for the other squash, but I've kind of gotten to where I can tolerate that now. I, I like acorn squash. Okay. And zucchini, and tomatoes, and cucumbers, and corn, and stuff. Boy, I, I, I really like garden fresh stuff. Just don't feed me Brussels sprouts, okay? Uh, me either. The summer we turned seven, I turned seven, uh-huh. um, we lived on a farm. We rented a house on a farm, and there were two other houses there. And it was a, a couple and her parents and her father, uh, and it was a middle-aged lady, so her father was quite elderly, but he ran the farm part of it. And they had corn coming out of their ears. <laughs> had no front teeth. Good one. And they had no front teeth? I had no front teeth. Oh, 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 my goodness. Oh, you poor kid. Did you manage to gnaw at it from the side? And my mother would try to get me to let her 
take the corn off the cob for me, but I refused, and I would gnaw and, you know, eat that. And I'm sure it was scary to look at. (laughs) But I loved corn on the cob then, and I love it now. And I had helped plant that corn. That's that's what made me feel so good. Oh, wow. He's uh, this middle-aged couple would take care of foster children and these two teenagers took me out and we planted oh man must have been a couple of acres of corn and uh and then put uh uh black-eyed peas and cow peas and stuff between them and they they would grow up the stalks oh how clever and didn't hurt the stalks uh-uh. Didn't strangle them. How interesting. And uh, they would, uh, you know, one of them would would uh, bring down a, a hoe and open up a, a spot, and then they'd have me drop in the kernels to plant them. I guess uh-huh. closer to the ground <laughs> than they were. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> When you drop them, you had a better chance of getting them in the right hole. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Always did three. I don't know why three, but... Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but the, when when they started coming up, did you have to pull later the weaker of the three? I guess they did. I, I don't remember doing that. I never figured out why they told you to plant so many seeds and then thin them out and throw away half of what you you planted. Well, I learned pretty early where food came from. I uh, I went with some of these guys out uh, in the country to get one of their pigs, and these were semi-wild pigs. Oh, my. And uh, I was told we were in a Jeep, and I was told not to get out of the Jeep. Well, when I saw these things, I knew why. You know, I, I wasn't big enough to be out there amongst them. And uh, they got one of these things and, and uh, brought it home and uh, slaughtered it. And I had no idea that there was so much involved in turning a pig into pork. And, but there really was. <laughs> and uh, so I saw how it happened. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife, if you just even describe that to her, she becomes a vegetarian for about three days. But yeah, I'm, I'm working on my baked potato right now. <laughs> uh, I don't oh, want to eat meat well, picking, baked, picking potatoes is not a difficult thing. It is not bloody and it's not gross. I know, I know, and they taste very good. When you hear a story like this, they taste even better. Oh, yeah. You, sir, are a piece of work. I had a garden one time that fed a critter for the entire summer. This is why I have not grown a uh, garden in Richardson. I had all of these plants last year or so, or maybe the year before, last year, I guess, to do a garden, and I had it all set up how I was going to do everything. And then I discovered that we have bunnies. <laughs> and, I, and I saw them. 
that it would be a fight with the bunnies. You would lose. And I would lose and that I couldn't stand to trap them or do anything that would kill them or anything. And I didn't want to go to all of that work just to feed the bunnies. Uh-huh. We have other critters around here, but the bunnies did it. Just I had a groundhog. Ooh. Oh, I'm. you know, I mean, this thing was well fed by the time the summer was over. I went out one day. I had snow peas growing, and I had strung a, a, like a, a trellis-like, um, yeah, I used string and between poles, and I made like a, a trellis for them to climb up. And, oh, gosh, they were doing beautifully, and they were healthy, and I, would, I had flowers on them and little pea pods starting. And I went out one morning, and everything was dead. And I looked, and that thing had eaten the the, the stalks, you know, the stems. Uh-huh. It was like a typewriter. He just went right across the bottom of them and moved on. <laughs> Everything on the top. One year I had uh, peas, English peas. Uh-huh. And they were six or eight inches up, looking good. You know, I'd finally planted them early enough, all this stuff. And I went out one morning, and they were all completely gone. And my garden was full of deer tracks. Oh. And I lived in town. Oh, my gosh. But, uh. The critters will find food no matter where it is. And, he, uh, he ate all my cabbages, too. Well, one year, my, my first wife, when we first moved into our house, uh, she built a little pond. And, uh and put goldfish in it. Everything was fine. The goldfish started disappearing. Uh-huh. And we wondered what was going on. And one morning we looked out and an egret was standing in our pond <laughs> having breakfast. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you had it all served on a bowl for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. My my brother or my um, cousin-in-law, I'll call him, my cousin's husband, was telling me yesterday about an area here that is, uh, it, it's well-developed. It's got office buildings, and this happened to be a shopping center, and it has little canals that run through it and a big pond, and they had koi in there, you know, the big different colored goldfish-like uh, carp. Potatoes. Yeah. And they were starting to lose their fish, and they didn't know where it was going. They had an otter that was showing up at night and eating the fish. I'm uh, sure he appreciated it. I, apparently, he was very grateful that they put out his dinner every night. But, gee whiz. Have much trouble with alligators? Um, do I have any trouble? No, I mean, folks around yeah, where you live. Once in a while, yeah. When, um, I've never encountered one, but, um, you know, every year in the springtime, you hear stories about the bull alligators traipsing through backyards. It's usually the bull alligators that wind up in your pool because they're out searching for their little girlfriends. And they'll do stupid stuff like sit in the middle of a highway. You know, they, they don't care. And, they're boy, they're nasty. When, when springtimes come, they're, they're not very friendly critters. They make an awful noise, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can do an alligator grunt. Oh, do I'm it. not going to do it, though. <laughs> huh? I'm not going to do it. Why not? Well, 
you know, I told Walden one night I will do my alligator grunt, but not tonight. Before I was educated in alligator stuff, I would go to a wildlife sanctuary, you know, the wetlands and the marshlands and stuff. Yeah. And I would sit on the boardwalk and grunt at the alligators. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, well, I know that now. <laughs> but, Walking your little dog right beside Oh, my gosh. You know, it was it was really kind of fun because they'd grunt back. But yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm smarter. I don't do things like that anymore. I got I got educated. Well, I've had some close encounters with alligators. Did you really? Yeah. One time I was in a uh, a state park that's a, a big marsh, and um, it was in January, but there was a real warm spell going on, and we were in a. Um, I guess an airboat and came around a corner down one of the little canals and there was about a 12 or 15 foot long alligator there. It came off into the water and then came under the boat. Because oh. the boat was made out of aluminum. Oh. Boats rocking back and forth. Go, oh no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 because usually in January you don't see them because they're, they're pretty much dormant. But sure. Because it was warm and this one was out. Wow. Boy, that is Another time I was at an alligator farm, and I'm with a guy that runs it, and he was feeding them chickens. And I'm out standing about five feet from him. And I look around, and one of the bigger gators has come up behind me. Oh, boy. Oh, my. It had its mouth wide open. You are a chicken. And... Uh, <laughs> Hard plucking. <laughs> when he would throw one of those things, a chicken in her mouth, it clamp that shut. It sounded like, uh, like the hatch on a on a tank uh-huh it, it had a, a metallic sound mm. just more than just crumph. it was uh-huh absolutely mechanic a big chomp no they they are golf courses attract them here because there are always water hazards and small lakes and big ponds Folks so in Louisiana claim that Florida alligators are more aggressive than Louisiana alligators. I wonder if that's true. I will do an awful lot of homework, but that's not one of them. <laughs> one, um, one of my friends once did a story about uh, a lady that ran the reference section of a library. And she said the one question she was never able to answer was, do alligators have gallbladders? <laughs> and I have never found out if they do or not. And I've well, talked to alligator hunters and veterinarians. <laughs> is there anyone out there? All right, well, I've got, a, I've got a little chunk of trivia. And Walden knows the answer to this one, so he has to hush up. How many teeth does an alligator have? How many teeth? Uh-huh. As many as they want. I don't <laughs> want to do lots. 
My all have the same number of teeth? I beg your pardon? They are, do they all have the same number of teeth? No, it's an average. Some of them have a, a few more, some have a few less, but it's, it's about right for all of them. About 100? You're not too far off, 88. Like piano keys. Uh -huh. That's that's the the magic number you remember. Uh huh. And I, I tried. I used to do um, uh, tourist and and uh, you know chamber of commerce and uh, welcome magazine type writing, which I absolutely loved. It was like the the cherry on the cake. I I could do work for anybody at any time. But when I got these, it was just so much fun because I had to go out and find out all of this great information and I couldn't find anywhere listed how many teeth an alligator has so I called the nature center here and they got the nature center the planetarium they take kids on walks they got butterfly garden and I talked with three people and nobody knew how many teeth an alligator had so Said, Nobody volunteered to go count it. Well, he said, I'll call you back. And he did. About 15 minutes later, they had a, a skull, a model, you know, to, to use as a, a teaching tool for kids. Uh -huh. And bless that man, he took that thing down and he counted every one of those teeth for me. <laughs> he was so proud of himself. He came back and said, it's 88, 88 teeth. I need to get his name and call up and ask about the gallbladder. <laughs> gallbladder, sure. If he had the head, they must have done something with the rest of them. I have been told that the way that you sex alligators is to stick your finger in a certain, in, in one of their orifices. Uh-huh. Check for genitalia. And I just don't believe I'd want to do that either. I just wanted to know, uh, before you said that, who does stuff like that? Well, if you turn an alligator over on his back, he's supposed to be pretty quiet. But um, getting him there is quite the other story. <laughs> well, uh, these guys were often make uh, rubber bands out of inner tubes and uh, use them to keep the alligator's mouths shut. Uh-huh. And apparently it's more difficult for them to open up their mouths than to close them. That is correct. Um, but their tail can cause your world to hurt. Oh, Mother McCree. Now, the, the alligator has a stronger bottom jaw than the top jaw, which is why when it, you see somebody alligator wrestling, they pull open the mouth from the top from behind. And it does not have the strength in the upper jaw to pull down and close its mouth. So that one's safe. Now, I have recently read, and I do not know if this is true. Do not try this at home, folks. This is a professional doing this. I have read that the crocodile is the opposite, that the upper jaw or part of the face is the stronger of the two and that the lower jaw is weaker. I do not know if that I is true. I to test that. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I haven't... I mean, I don't even want to fight the bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have... And my wife complains of a... Uh, uh, well, we have raccoons, and then we have a possum that comes <gasps> around in the back. Oh. And those things are the ugliest. Oh, they are... Oh, they've got teeth that don't quit. I just... Uh, Prehistoric beast. Mm -hmm. 
running amongst us. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have an alligator crocodile question for you. Okay. Where is the only place on Earth where alligators and crocodiles share natural habitat? I believe in South Florida. Yes, it is. It's at the southern end of the Everglades. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're so mean. I don't know. American crocodiles are supposed to be much more docile than alligators and, of course, their counterparts in um, other parts of the country, like in or of the world, like India. But I mean, they grow. Times that I've been in extreme southern Florida, it was usually well. I guess it was always uh, for hurricanes. So alligators and crocodiles were not on my mind too much. Yeah. Well. Right. <laughs> they should have been, though, because they get displaced just like people. Oh, yeah. And snakes. Yes, we have snakes. The island of Galveston, Texas. Galveston, oh, Texas. Uh-huh. on an island. Uh-huh. It's also called Galveston. It is absolutely full of rattlesnakes. No kidding. And when there's a hurricane, they come out. Oh. Everywhere. It's horrible. Oh. What about San Padre Island? Oh, they have quite a few down, down there, too. Well, I guess I'll stay on my second floor here. On Padre Island. Yeah. One time in November with a guide, and there were peregrine falcons all over the place. No kidding. Wow. Very small falcons, but they were... Uh, perching on the seagrass and stuff like that, we saw two uh, um, buck deer fighting, uh, and this is on this island. And uh, wow, it was fascinating the different things that we saw, and uh, a couple of old uh, shipwrecks. One of them had, uh, you could see wood, so there were wooden ships, or a wooden ship, and uh, coal, lumps of coal all over the place. So, oh, my goodness. Yep. And then another one was an old uh, uh, steamship that's in the, now the, now the one with the coal was in the sand dunes, but the, the other one is in the surf, and... Uh, it's from like 1904 or something. And there's wow. not much left by now, but you can still see. Yeah. yeah. We had pirate galleons here. Oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of pirates here. Well, Richard, I have a question for you. Okay. You answered the fibber question, so I get to send you some radio shows, but I don't know which ones until you tell me. You know what I've been curious about? Uh... And I, and I have a Fibberman Geek question for you, too. But as far as the shows go, I've I've kind of wondered about the morning shows. Do you have any of those? Like uh, Tex and Jinx, things like that? I don't know. I don't know what they would show, you know, have in the morning. I guess the equivalent of... Uh, well, I think the only true morning show we have are Tex and Jinx out there. There's seven of those out there, and then you had the soap opera, oh, well, wait, wait a minute, 
not the soap opera. Oh, well, Arthur Godfrey had a morning show. Do you have that, Patricia? The, um... I have some Arthur Godfrey because Ron from Hawaii just sent them to me a little while back. But I'm thinking, the, I think what, an, an idea might be, you have the show from September 21, 1939, the all-day broadcast. Oh, that would be neat. That, I, I wouldn't know until I put the discs in. <laughs> Well, I mean, so you you and the guys are in cahoots here. No, I'm just thinking there there there's a, there, there's a radio station WJSV out of Washington D.C. They air check the entire broadcast day. All right, now tell me the the date of it, please. September 21, 1939. 9 21, 39. Have these things. And it, and it starts off with Arthur Godfrey for three hours, for You're two or three hours. You're the organized person I think I have ever. No. <laughs> He's got everything in his brain. It's, it's it's really hurtful to talk with him sometimes. Um, well, and then yeah, and then and then uh, Walden has it all right in his brain. And I know that computer. You know, sometimes we get to hear how it talks to you, Walden. Yeah. And yeah. I listen to that. And say, how in the hell does he do that? Oh, I know. I can't do that with mine. Well, yeah, I hope I know. It's just, you just put us all to shame. Yeah. Well, then, when you tell me it... Oh, you're so lovable, God. and why is she so adorable? I know. Yeah, I'm adorable. You are. Yeah, they I are. am. Or, another idea, you could give him the D-Day, the, 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 and especially CBS had a bunch of the morning shows, but if you could find the WJSV, I think that'd be right down his alley. Well, didn't somebody have something like the Good Morning Show or the... Coffee with so and so. Talking about um. The, well, the, uh, oh, oh, oh! How about the breakfast, the breakfast club. Yeah. Breakfast. The breakfast club. Yes, there, there are about forty those, and so, and I, I, I have uncovered another hundred, which I'm getting transferred. He was on the air until 67 with his show. I have a collection of Monitor shows. Monitor, yeah. I love Monitor. Yeah. yeah that'd be fine. Okay. Yeah, Whatever. I need the Breakfast Club to be perfect. For, Easy. Be perfect. What was that last one, Richard? What's that? You, you made, you said something that sounded like Maisie, but I missed it. I said I'm easy. Oh, you're Never. easy. No, you're not. Give me a break. <laughs> Okay, now here's my question. What? Trevor McGee and Molly lived it. What was it? 72? 79 Wistful Vista. Uh, well, how do you say it? Wistful Vista. Well, 79 Wistful Vista. Okay. Now, was that the street they lived on or the town or both? Uh, 79 Wistful Vista was the street they lived on, and the street was in the town of Wistful Vista. Okay. So it's both. Mm-hmm. It's both. And somewhere in my notes, I have the house numbers for some of the other residents on Wistful Vista. And they won it, uh... They won it, yep, in 1937. They won, it was a raffle, and raffle, they, huh? they had to pay. Do you remember how much they paid for the raffle tickets? I do. Yeah, I know you do. I do. <laughs> August 26, 1935. 
I right. bet it was long. It cost them two dollars a piece, which oh, I thought was. Got a meal with it. Huh? Yeah, but that was, you know, that was pretty hefty stuff. That is, that was, yeah. So that's that's what they paid for it, and they they won it in a raffle, and that's how they got to 79 Wilsonville Vista. They got their house and their address and their lot, and it was all paid for. And good on for, them. Uh, raffling off a house over here, and it's a uh, hundred bucks a, a ticket. I, I, do you have a raffle going on now? Yeah, but it's a $350,000 house. So. Yeah, and you got to sell a lot of raffle tickets, but a lot of people, not a lot of people haven't, but a lot of people have had good returns, good enough that they could get out of a house and get out of it with some money. So I guess yeah, it's just... That's what I'll do. I have a house I need to sell. So you put it up on Craigslist as a, as a raffle. Yeah, but it's in a town that nobody wants to live in. Well, somebody <laughs> wants to live there because there's a house there and you bought it. <laughs> I mean, don't tell people. We, we need to do some marketing and, and public relations lessons here. When you're doing marketing, you don't tell people it's a terrible place. You convince them that this is the only place they need. No, actually, actually, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a nice town, but it's a small town. And well, that's perfect. Not uh, really growing. <laughs> well, you know, there, there are... It's a, it's, a, it's a perfectly nice town to live in, and... Okay, so, okay, up on Craigslist. Well, Richard, I will put together some goodies for you and um, send them out. Okay, well, I can't wait to find out how the chickens are going to be doing. And where is that, in Vermont or someplace? Oh, it's in California. Oh, it's in Northern California. California. Well, California ought to be a good place for chickens. <laughs> I think any place is a good place for chickens. So, okay, I will get your goodies out to you, and uh, next week we will ask Ralph to give a chicken report. Yeah, I mean, I think God did really well when he made chickens. I mean, they're very useful critters. Uh, it's it's really supposed to be getting to be a, a big deal now, people growing chickens in the city. Well, not in my city. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, if, I'm sure that in Richardson that if I got a chicken in the yard that the neighborhood Nazis and, and the, the city folks would be here within an hour. I mean, sounds, I, It sounds cool to me. I mean, I'd, I'd be on your case, too. So, why? I do appreciate you giving us a call. Okay. Thank you, thank you for the garden goodies. That was a lot of fun to talk about. Bye-bye. So long. There we go. 714-545-2071. Are we having fun yet? Now, I have a question for you. You mentioned a show from September 21st, 1939. I, I mentioned the whole the whole broadcast day of 18 hours is this. On which network? CBS. CBS. It was WJSV, the local station in Washington, D.C. It started off with the Arthur Godfrey show, the Sundial show. Yeah. So how am I going to find this thing? <laughs> it's out there. No, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how am I going to find this thing. Well, it's probably
probably on your other Godfrey disc, the first three hours of it. Did I imagine? I have monitor, and I have ink letter, and I have D-Day. I think we're going to have to settle for those for now. Hello there, you're on the air. Well, good morning, people. Good morning, Fred. Good. How in the world are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm fantastic. How great are you? Oh, I just saw a wonderful play last night. A couple of my basketball players were in it, and they convinced me to go. Well, how neat. What, what's the name of it? I was amazed at how talented these high school kids are. It was uh, the great, it was a double play. They had, like, two comedies. One was called This is a Test, which was a half-hour thing. Huh? And then the main play was the great... Spectacathon, or the Grimm's Brothers Spectacathon or something. They took like 209 fairy tales and turned them all into one. The, all these Grimm Brothers fairy tales. What a piece of work that is. It was pretty wild. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. It was funny, funny, funny. Laugh, 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 laugh. It was well worth the $5 ticket. <laughs> so you had a good time. You weren't sure you were going to have a good time. You just went for the kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what, what to expect, really. Uh -huh. I might have to go more often now. Uh-huh. You wound up with a gift. I like theater, but, you know, I figured high school kids, you know. Yeah. What, how good could it be? I was amazed. I was amazed. But I called because I got a trivia question for Walden. Uh-oh. Good. Thank you. It's a sports question, Walden. Yeah. Um, what is the only World Series to be played entirely in the month of September? Mm. What a question. Mm. Is that too good or what? Well, my first guess, my first inclination would be the 1903 World Series. Am I right? You didn't guess, but you would be wrong. Okay. <laughs> That was the only World Series that they played the best of nine, though. Yeah, they, they went best of nine. Yeah, which is probably why it went into October. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking a lot of the early Babe Ruth stuff always sort of ended around October 1, October 2. Um, Babe Ruth was in the series. What, he was. Was he it was a four-game series? Yes, he was. Be, your, Patricia, probably correct. It was a four-game sweep, probably. Um... Actually, I don't think it was. You don't think it was? Was it the, fam was it the famous 1932 World Series between New York and Chicago? Nope. Fred, if it was only four games, it had to be a sweep. Nope, right. it was four games to two. Okay, so... No, four it wasn't only six games. I believe it was four games to two. Well, then, okay. how about the 1929 New York Yankees and Philadelphia A's? Nope. <laughs> He'll go through the entire history of... Uh, well... How about the famous 1921 World Series with the unassisted triple play with the uh, Giants and, no, Dodgers and Yankees in 1920? Nope. Tyler, whatever it is. Walter. Yeah. Um, and he called in on the Royal King Radio Show, and I have that air check. I'll give it away. You ready? Yeah. Babe Ruth was not with the Yankees. He was, he was with the Boston Red Sox. as a picture? As a pitcher. So the 1914 World Series? Started to play a little more outfield, too. So was it the 1914 World Series? Nope. Gosh, which one? I'll give you one more clue. Okay. Oh, this is fun. The Cubs. 1908? 1918. 1918. It was the Red Sox' last championship before 2004. Wow. Yeah. 
They beat the Cubs, I believe it was a six, it might have been a five. Of course, the following year with the famous, you know, uh, White oh, Sox scandal. Yeah. Yeah, he got sold during that offseason. Yeah. For how much? Uh, that I should know, and I don't. And and what happened to the money? That's another famous trivia question. Well, that is a lie. You think that's a lie? Yes, that, no, no, man, that is a lie. <laughs> that's a big myth. In fact, somebody broke it down, and, and actually, no, no, man, that wasn't until like 10 years later. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that is not true. Mostly for people who may or may not, the, the, the Boston Red Sox sold it in order to take the money to invest into a Broadway show. Which might be true, but it wasn't No No Man That. It was No No Man That. That was the big... Well, he knew, wasn't it well, either 80000 or 100000 I don't know what it was. Either 80000 or $100,000. I don't remember the exact number. Probably 100000 well, the other thing people don't realize, it wasn't just Babe Ruth that they sold. No kidding. I did not know that. They sold, like, half of the Red Sox starting lineup. I mean, he was the big the big gun that went. But did, they sold, like, four or five other guys, too. Did you hear my trivia question to Patricia last week about baseball? Uh, no. What was it? You know, the original New York Yankee Stadium, it was opened in 1923. Yeah. Who hit the first home run? Oh, God. You'd want to say this. The, 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 the stupid answer would be Babe Ruth, but that can't be right. Can't, it wasn't right. And Patricia uh, got it after I gave her a clue. It's up. Oh, God, I have no idea. I'll give you a clue. It was an inside park home run. Wow. Oh, let me think of some famous Yankees. It wasn't necessarily uh, a Yankee. Gehrig wasn't playing back then. No. And Patricia got it. Yeah? Yeah, she she knows her baseball. People really don't know. She knows anybody that? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that played in the See, I'm not real familiar with the 1923 Yankees, so. Okay, should I give it a clue? Yeah, I think I'm going to need it. Alright, he's best known to for being a Yankee much later in his career as a manager. Oh, yeah, I did get it. That was the. You had to give me that clue. Uh huh, that was the clue. Uh. Oh, there was a bunch of them. And, and, um, she, and she got it. right on. Once I gave that trivia up piece out, she got it right on the money. Yankee manager. And I didn't even have to Oh, God, I should know this. Okay, I'm drawing a blank here. I can't even think of any famous Yankee managers. Casey Stengel. Yes, it was Casey Stengel. Okay. He hit the first, in, first home run inside the park. Oh, cool. Yeah. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Fenway Park's 100 years old next year. That's right. I, I forget. I guess then Wrigley Field is the second oldest, I guess, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, there was a big thing here about eight years ago. They almost rebuilt Fenway. I know. They almost tore Fenway down. It was eight, ten years ago. The, the, the owners were really thinking about it. Yeah. And then they turned around instead and invested in, in remodeling the current Fenway Park. Well, now, really, if the Red Sox really all, uh, all New England team, I mean, does everybody in New England pretty much follow the Red Sox? No, there's a lot of Yankee fans. Uh-huh. There's a lot of Yankee. I'd say it's more Red Sox, but there's, like, around here, there's, where I live in Vermont, there's a lot of Yankee fans. I'm getting hives. Um, but, yeah, I'd say it's pretty much New England's team. Same thing with the Celtics. I'm not a Celtics fan, but... Same thing with the Bruins, you know, with being the only um, 
major sports, you know what I mean, in the whole area. Fans pretty much go for Boston, a lot of them Patriots. But yeah, it's, I found though there's Red Sox fans everywhere. They are. It's, it's kind of like the Yankees. They are. You know, I mean, you, you look at, I remember going to a game a couple years ago, because you can never get to Fenway. So when they were still playing, and uh, the Expos were still playing in Montreal, mm-hmm. we went up there for a game, and I swear to God, the Red Sox fans outnumbered the Expo fans <laughs> in Montreal. Yeah. I'm having a breakdown. Oh. Okay, we'll get away from the sport. But actually, it's sort of like when the black football, when when uh, get the stadium been sold out since 1962, uh, the Nebraska fans storm the visiting games. So they get over 30,000 people travel from Nebraska to go on the road to follow Nebraska home game. I believe it. Yeah. I know, I, I can't. I, I'm thinking about going down to Baltimore next year to watch the Sox. So you cannot get in the Fenway. Not without mortgaging your damn house to sell the <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear the ticket prices today about... And Patricia, you might, you might be interested in this. I'll blow it out to both of you. There was a famous soccer game today between uh, Manchester United and the big team in Spain. Guess what the top ticket price was going for today's game in Wembley Stadium in England? The top ticket. Top ticket. All right, the top ticket would have been in the multiple thousands. And this is is transferred into American dollars. Yeah. American dollars, okay. 500 bucks. You say how how much, Fred? 500. Okay, what did you say, Patricia? 4000 Patricia said 4000 You said what, Fred? I said 500 Okay. Both you go up. Uh, 5500 Go up. Up higher? Yes. 10 grand. Go up. You are kidding. 20 grand. Go up. Now, these, these are skyboxes, clearly. <laughs> per seat. Per seat. They should be on the field. <laughs> So co- when do they riot when something doesn't go right on the field? <laughs> okay, more than 20 grand. Keep going. 50. More. Nah. 30. More. 25. More. More than, more than 50,000. Oh, more than 50? Yes. That's lower. No. More than 50. Uh, 75? Yes, $75,000 a ticket. Wow. I think we have the next lineup for psychological evaluation here. <laughs> and this is not America. This is England. That's insane. <laughs> I'd live- oh, my God. Who would pay 75000 I wouldn't pay $75,000 to watch a baseball game. I like baseball. <laughs> and the score was 3 to 1. It, the 3 to 1 in, English, in England law. So can you imagine spending $75,000 a ticket? And seeing you see moves. Wow. There's got to be more oh, wow. kicking a ball That's around a on a field here. What I want to know is who's got $75,000 to spend on a ticket. <laughs> That's an awful lot. That can feed an awful lot of people. I sure can. We're, we're making friends in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> really? Gee, well, Oh, well. So how's the night go? I missed it. I start, I tried to stay awake, but I got back from the play and I fell asleep about 20 after 12. Well, you're forgiven tonight because you you had some special stuff and you did a good thing and by doing a good thing you had a good time. That's true. 
So we talked about we talked about. I got I got a really big kick out of those things you were playing early though. Oh, good. I thought that was really cool. Good. Uh, I, I assume they were taped, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to answer one of the trivia questions. I was like, I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really. Yeah, I, I never know. You know, is this live or is this? But I assumed that, considering what the show was, and that it had to be taped. Well, the first I guess two, right. Yeah, the first two hours, from uh, ten thirty to twelve thirty, was on CD from another source. Then Patricia and I came on about ten minutes after you went to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've been live, and we played a couple of shows, but. Boy, you. Well, I know. I enjoyed those interviews. I thought they were pretty good. Good. I think okay. if you did a. Was it Friday night? Uh huh. Who was? Was it you Friday night? Or that was me. Doing the, uh... That was me. I would play the Bob Hope interview. Uh, Bob Hope special. I think then then the great interview that uh, Frank did with Norman Lloyd. Who did the show on? Like it was maybe it was one of the regular DJs. It was a. I can't remember the name of the show now, but it was one of those shows about, like, during the war, uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank, about so being a, you know, good American, and... Yeah, the, the, the interview from the Waltons? No, it, this was... Was it, oh, was, it, was it a radio show? Was it a... Um... It was the Frank Brzee thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, they did the oh well no, no. show, but it was put on during the war as a special type thing. Yeah, it, it was the cavalcade. That whole series that was really good. The cavalcade of America. Yeah, that that stuff. Yeah, it was a noise. Yeah, that was a cavalcade. It was a war show. It was Ethel Barrymore doing a a patriotic show, and Norman Lloyd was part of it. And there was no, it was a show that Norman liked a lot, so we put that in the interview. That was good. It was similar to that one you guys did a while ago on the Bill of Rights that he aired. Yeah. All those are really good. It is good. Uh, I enjoyed those. Well, next week, everybody, because it's the week of D-Day, Warren will do his traditional D-Day special. And we're going to have something that's not very rarely heard, an East Coast and a West Coast feed of the same broadcast. Ah. So, that's very interesting. Um, Well, the 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock hour was Franklin Delano Roosevelt speech, Eastern Time. Uh, the Fred Waring, the Bob Hope Show, and the Red Skelton Show. Uh, for years, everybody came up with the WEAF, our New York copy. I have from Red Skelton's own private collection his copy, and there's some differences. So we're going to feature that a week from Sunday. Oh, cool. Something a little different. Any, any uh, some war buffs out there, the History Channel's finally getting back to its real programming for a week. Hey. And instead of playing swap people with ice road truckers, they're actually doing the Civil War all week. Not bad. Yeah. You're telling me. Excited about. I really liked that channel when it first came out. Agreed. Me too. Because it was a history channel. It was history channel. Huh? It had a lot of really good history stuff. No more. Now it seems to have, you know. You could have alligators. Nice alligators and. Trucks and. Driving on icy roads and. Pawn <laughs> shops too. Yeah, and, and, and oh, don't forget the bug guy. He on the Billy, Billy the Exterminator? Well, the pawn shop, even. They're, they're having a, the pawn wars, and the other guys are going around scavenging. Uh huh. They're, the they're fitting in. Their shows are going to be Civil War related. Okay. 
to kind of fit in with the whole week. I like Billy the Exterminator. He's cute. And then Monday night, 9 o'clock, I guess every night at 9 o'clock, they're going to have a, Civil War, a brand new Civil War special. Sounds good. Something different, like they're doing, uh, they're doing Gettysburg tomorrow night, or Monday night, and then they're doing the Generals, uh, Jackson and Lee, on Tuesday night. Uh -huh. I don't know what's beyond that, but it's, it's I still, all week, though. I still love the Kim Bone special. That was so good when that came out years yeah. ago. The Civil War was great, and the baseball one he did was great. Yeah. Um, I believe they were PBS series. the baseball one given to me for Christmas. Correct. Yeah, they were PBS. They were PBS. Yeah. PBS has got some great programming on recently, so I was happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, that was... The, both those were really, really good. Really, really detailed, in-depth. Um, he did a good job of them. So. He even did one on old-time radio, which I was all disappointed on. He fo he focused the one on old-time radio, basically the the uh, how radio got invented. I was hoping he was going to concentrate on old-time radio. Yeah. He did one. So. I didn't even know he did one yeah, on radio. Yeah, called Empire of the Air. Oh, okay. And so he did it on old-time radio. I'll have to look for it. Mm-hmm. Is it a, was it a TV or? Yeah, a? yeah, it was a PBS special. Okay. okay. And so. I'll have to check it out. Yep, take a peek. But, anyway. Yeah, oh, we did have some flooding emergencies here a week. I guess we got a couple of towns that are being evacuated up north. Mm -mm. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh, God, i to hear that. We're still good around here. We had a, I mean, a lot of rain and stuff and a lot of wind, but we had a tornado warning the other night. <laughs> Which is unusual for us. Yeah. Everything is in um, the weather system. But I'm in a good spot. I'm in a nice, safe spot. I'm glad. It won't go anywhere. I'm glad, but we still need you to check we'll every week. We have to have like a massive flood for me to get hit. Are so. you ready for your question? Anyway, any other, any, are you doing any questions tonight? Yeah, I just asked, are you ready for your question? Okay. I, I missed it. So I guess gonna, I am. You're going to love this. Name all three of Donald Duck's nephews. Oh, Huey, Louie, and Dewey? Very good. All right. Uh, that one. I'll take that. You got a surprise on that one. I don't even know what I want. Say what? We mentioned the show's the last caller. You want the, the Cavalcade of America? You want the Cavalcade of America? You said you had a collection of those? Mm-hmm. I bet you can find those. Can you find the Cavalcade of America for Fred? Yes. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the ultimate question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that might be one that uh, Ron sent me. I'll have to check. Okay. All right. And well, you still you guys get, have a good morning. You'll get Johnny Matt, so I'll put the two of them together. I'm going to get off the air and get the coffee going. Okay, I'll take mine black. I'll take mine black, please. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll send it right down. Thank you so much. <laughs> Email it, Jeff. Have a good morning, guys. All right, Fred, take Do care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. There we go. Are we, are we having fun yet? <laughs> I am. I've got stuff for you that, and we cannot hang up until I finish stuff.
Uh, I think somebody wants to talk to us. Hello there. Yeah, we're having, we're having fun. We're trying. What are you doing <laughs> up? I just got through. I went to a fabulous house um, where the view, I mean, they had a very nice ocean view with a steep driveway. But anyway, this lady, I, I talked about Patricia. She was celebrating her 79th birthday. Lady <laughs> was? Really? Yeah, and I and she and because my birthday is on Monday, um, we are we she celebrated my birthday also. And we had a, I put together a trio. I had a bass guitarist and a saxophone player who played clarinet. We played some Dixieland music and we played some real old-fashioned swing. And she was a happy camper. Boy, I'll bet she was. Mm-hmm. And we had such a wonderful time. They had. Barbecued a, a teriyaki steak. Wow. Chinese noodles and fried chicken and all strawberries and all kinds of stuff. And that was. But the- then I said, when it was 10 o'clock, I said, I gotta start packing my stuff because I have an engagement. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a little engagement I have to take care of. Yeah. So your birthday is Monday? Hmm? Yeah. You know who else? Yeah, you, sir, you know, Memorial Day. You know who you shared your birthday with on the 30th? No. What famous radio personality was also who? born on May 30th? Who? Mel Blank. Really? Yeah, Mel Blank was born in 1908 on May 30th. Another Gemini. Yeah. But, well, uh, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Mel Blank was one of the most talented... Bugs Bunny, you bet. He was known for being such a wonderful character actor. Oh, yeah. He, I think he made the Jack Benny show something very special with the Maxwell and the train station caller. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Seaside and all that kind of stuff. He was, he was the best. Professor LeBlanc. Yeah, and, the violence. Yeah, and Carmichael the bear. He, he growled like the bear. And, oh, I Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a uh, uh-huh. Jack Benny had a pet bear. Oh, right, okay. Carmichael the, the old, bear. Yeah, well, that was before, the, in the 40s. Yeah, early 40s. This was during the, this was during the routine where uh, the gas man went down uh, to fix, and he never came back. <laughs> and so Rochester always accused Carmichael the bear for eat, uh, taking care of the gas man. And so that became the whole running, the whole routine for Hey, did you get did you get the empty package I sent you, Patricia? The empty package. You never got the CDs in the mail. Yeah, what did I get? Help me here, cause you send me so much. My little Margie. Say what? My little Margie. My little Margie. No, I didn't get my little Margie. Oh, and there was Grand Central Station, and um, there were two others. Uh, oh, I know Railroad Hour. They never got to you. They're not yet. No, and it's um. It's, did I stop yesterday? No, I didn't stop at the mailbox oh, because yesterday because it, it was oh, raining. I gotta do it again. I mailed it about a week ago. That's okay. You know, we we got a screwy mail system here, and I finally got your um, meet Millie, so I will be able to send that out this weekend. Well, if you don't if you don't get okay, do me a favor. If you don't get it by next week, uh-huh. email me and let me know because you should have gotten it because I mailed it last week. Not this past week, the week before. Oh, wow. So, yeah. 
And so check it out. If you don't get it, uh, I'll make it some more, but I'll make it again. But but you should be getting it. Well, if you guys would put stamps on them, I might get to you. Oh, listen, you know. Oh, stamps. <laughs> yeah. Ron sent me something one time with regular stamps on it, not a post office sticker, uh-huh. and the stamps weren't canceled. Well, I just want to make sure you guys were sending stamps. I don't get canceled stamps from people. They're just pristine and happy. I'm surprised you Because I actually waited at the post office and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, we'll fix it up. But if you don't get it, seriously, if you don't get it, email me and let me know. That I will do that. But they, they did not come. Railroad hour, because I know we had talked about that. Yeah. Early, that would have jumped out at me for sure. No. Yeah, yeah, I know. So just let me know it didn't get there now. I'll, I'll recopy it because I want you to have it because you don't have my little Margie, right? I don't have my little Margie, no. That's right. So I, I'm so I'm going to send that the railroad hour and um, Grand Central Station and uh, one more. Oh, oh, I know GI Journal. That's right. Oh no, I don't have that. Yeah. Okay. I know. Well, well, if it doesn't come by next week, email. Let me know. Oh, wow. No problem. No All problem. right. Yeah, I know you didn't get, you know, because normally you, you let me know that it came in the mail, but I didn't receive an email from you, so I, I got slow. I wonder if it really got there, you know, so. Well, that says a lot for our mail system. I know. What a pony. Well, you know, the ponies get tired. Pony he probably got tired swimming. <laughs> probably. Pony. Well, how's your week been, the both of you, Ralden? Week was good. Um, I've been uh, just sort of uh, doing odds and ends, and how's I'm your, here. How's your Seattle project coming along? Seattle coming good. We're, uh, we just booked Shirley Mitchell flight, and I booked Dick Van Patten at the first part of the week to go up to Seattle. Uh-huh. And we're going to be broadcasting it through a laptop. Finster will be broadcasting it. And we're... Uh, we Shirley Mitchell on a flight. Yep, I... He's gonna fly. She's gonna fly. Oh, oh Leela. Leela Ransom will be Lila. there. Yep. She's one of your special people. Yep. Oh, Leela. And so we got... um. So we still gotta work on a couple more small things and take that care of. So that's, that's looking... That's coming really quick. So that was my week. How about yours, uh. Patricia? My week was a good week. I got stuff done. Hooray! Made a client happy. Hooray! Always a smile. And we had some rain, which is very good at this time of the year. Remind me of that when we're in the middle of the summer rains. And I'm saying, oh my goodness, I don't know where we're going to put all of this. But we had rain today, and it, it it's nice because we are so dry. We're starting to, uh, we're not starting to, we've been in fire hazard areas and every once in a while I can smell the wood smoke at night so of the humidity oh I can tell you the whole Megillah right here in just one second um, the humidity has been surprisingly high yeah mm, weather oh I tell you, I guess we got to be grateful that we, we don't have weather like the people in Missouri you know oh so I know sad. oh gosh is that heartbreaking yeah, mm. and mm. they said that mm. some of the the death, the bodies are unrecognizable because of the mangle, the, you know, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. What they went through and how how they died, you know, it was just terrible, awful, you know, and pretty sad. 
and I, I, I'm so grateful that we live in Hawaii where I don't think we ever had it. We had hurricanes, but not tornadoes. And what they said, tornadoes came at 185 miles an hour. My gosh, you know. Yeah. I mean, houses that were standing there just toppled over like nothing, you know. You know, and what a sad situation, you know. So uh, we gotta be grateful. We gotta be thankful, and yet we gotta, we gotta, you know, pray for the best for for them over at Missouri that they will recover and loved ones will be found or whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. On a brighter side of life, um, since I'm going to celebrate my birthday on Monday, I am I will, excited about that. I will be a year older. Uh huh. It's always a celebration that we made it another year. Yeah, you know where I'm going to go. You ever you ever went to Ruth Crisp? Ah uh, yes. What? I don't know that one. My favorite steakhouse. They serve the best ribeye. Yes. It is excellent. And Monday night, I have reservations for four people. Two of my friends uh, that are celebrating. Well, one had a birthday on May 21st, and it's our tradition that we have dinner at Ruth Chris. I love it. You know, when they first, I used to go up to Beverly Hills to eat there, and then when they opened one near me in Irvine, it took a week to get reservations. Really? Yeah. That's just a popular place to go. You know, when I lived in um, L.A. Yeah. There was this place called Restaurant Row on La Cienega. Right. They had this place called Laurie's, you know. Yep, I bet I was there, yeah. They had the best primary, you know. Yep. Really good primary at Laurie's. But uh, then... I love Laurie's seasoning. You can buy it uh, in the grocery store and make your own. That's right, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And then when they opened um, Ruth Crisp in Hawaii, and I went down to try it, and I tried the ribeye. Oh, my gosh. It is to die for. Yep. <laughs> I feel deprived. We don't have any of them here. Oh. Ever come to well, Hawaii? Anyway. It's a great story how it got started. It was founded by a, a gal in Louisiana who took a loan against her house to start this restaurant and it became a national chain. Wow. And they used a, a, a cooker at 2,000 degrees, Patricia. Um, yeah. It so. had to do it. Yeah. What, how many seconds do they brace it? I don't know. <laughs> that one, that one, you just get passed through. You don't let it sit there for any amount of time. Boy, when you, be... when they serve it to you, it's still sizzling on the plate. Touch the plate. You cannot touch the plate. No. They tell you, don't touch the plate. You can hear the sound go. Then you, when you, when it stops, yeah. when it stops, when it dies down, then you know you can cut into it. It is excellent. Yeah. So, so when you come to Ruth, uh, when, so Patricia, when you come to Ruth Chris in Hawaii, uh -huh. I promise you that Walden will send us a check and we both. I will do it. Yes, I would do it. It's one of my. <laughs> it is, I that's would do good. it. Because it, the, the vegetables are wonderful, Patricia. You'd be happy just to eat the vegetables. Oh, yeah, I'm a good eat kid. mushroom. Uh, you know, it, I, I, we always order the cream spinach. There you go. That's yep, good. Too. That's good, and all the different types of potatoes. The, the uh, let's see, what are they? The uh, I got. Somebody told me. Somebody told me I should try the scallop potatoes. The scallop. Let's see. The uh, Illinois. Yeah. Um, and so you order all the different varieties of potatoes. Mhm. Mm 
And in the sa- in the salad, there is already you know got little wedge. It's a wedge salad. We split the salad. Uh huh. Too big for one. Then you can have dessert. Of course. Yeah. And if it's your birthday, they give you they give you flaming strawberries. Whoa! Because it's my birthday, we will have flaming strawberries. How nifty! And you can order dessert ahead of time. Yeah. Some, some dessert they have to prepare. You have to put the order in before dinner. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, now that I made my, I'm I'm excited about going out, and it's not even <laughs> Monday. But uh, I I just want to let you know that. Um, well, happy birthday, Ron. Yeah, I look forward to hearing you guys. I'm glad. Wait, to, we're gonna you do. You know, it. I'm still concerned about the president of our of your fan club. Well, it, Lucy will drop in, I bet, sometime. She'll let us know when she's not playing hooky, and we'll, we'll find out. You have her, I mean, um, Patricia, you have her email address? Walden does. You know? Oh. So, yeah. so. We'll, yeah, I should email her, because yeah. I know she loves the two of you a whole lot, yeah. you know? And she used to call, like, sometimes twice a night. I know, yeah. Twice in one night. That's true. For her not to even call me, you kind of hope that, you know. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. She'll be there. Okay. I'm sure she's okay. Well, anyway, you guys have a good night. And, and Patricia, you let me know. If it doesn't come by Wednesday, okay, by Wednesday, okay. you don't get it by Wednesday, make sure you email me. Let me know that you don't got it, okay? Okay. That's terrible English. <laughs> let me know that you don't have it. Got it. <laughs> 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 Well, in Hawaii, we speak what we call pidgin English, and you know, we don't we don't have, we don't know the king, so we don't speak the king's English, you know. Not pigeon, that's bird of paradise. There you go, bird of paradise. Uh, well, anyway, let me know if you if by Wednesday if you don't have it, okay? I will do that. And uh, because I did send it a week ago, and I really feel bad because I wanted you to get excited when you saw my little Margie. Yeah. Oh gosh, and that's such a great show. I didn't even know there were very many around. There's a lot, but you, you, I'm sure the mail will get fixed up. But if you don't get, it, let me know. And Walden, uh, what's on tap for tomorrow? Uh, it's interesting. We got a couple of live interviews right at the top of the show. Uh, a singer named Barbara Van Dorn. Um, who's making a comeback? Uh, she got in a, she was used to open for Don Rickles and Frank Sinatra and other, and got into a serious car accident by hit by a car. Oh, ow! And she met she that was twenty nine years twenty seven years ago twenty nine years ago, and she's starting her comeback career now. Wow! So they they asked me to bring her back bring her on to help promote her her singing. So we'll talk about music. Uh, we'll talk to a gal who have created a brand new product how, for people to look better. Um, we'll also sneak in a little uh, World War II material. Uh, so we're getting warmed up for D-Day. So I'll play the opening announcement where my mom uh, was on the air when they announced D-Day. And I interrupt her song. We'll probably play a little bit of Duke Ellington when they interrupted him when they, they started thinking the Germans were going to surrender. We may play Joyce Hicks' famous D-Day broadcast. And we'll play a Ray Bream. I think the Ray Bream will play with Ray Bream and Stan Freeberg together. That'd be fun. Yeah. So we got plenty of good stuff for them all. Good. Well, good luck to the two of you. You and, too, Ron. Uh, Happy birthday, Ron. Thank you. And I tell you guys... 
You guys always make my night complete. Fake hour is pretty happy, too. We'll talk to you again. Aloha. Aloha. Man, he stayed up late just to cost. I know. This is very late. Yeah. I am so frosted my internet is down again. Uh-oh. I just, you know, <laughs> which was the point of all of my carbon copies this week. <laughs> I am paying too much, which they agreed, but wouldn't give me retroactive reimbursement. And my internet television has been down. Oh, grr, grr. Hi, who is this? Hello there. It's me again. You Hello. Brought up, you just brought up something I would love for you to do, but I don't know if it's possible. Oh. You were talking about doing some of the World War II stuff. Yeah. And D-Day. Yeah. Is there any chance on earth y'all could do an interview with Vera Lynn? Oh, I would love to. She lives in England. If I could figure a way to get a hold of her, she's been on my way. She's been on my way. that she's, she's put out a new album and all recently. Yeah, she, I didn't know there was a new one out. If there, she's got an official website, I will make her an offer. Cause I, she's on my wish list to get her on. I would love to have her on. If you ever do, I hope there's plenty of notice because I would love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, so she's in England. I've, uh, I would love to get her on. You yeah, can. I knew she was in England. That's why I didn't know. Oh, no, I, I, I interviewed... I interviewed... Uh, Earl Friend's wife, Patrice, Mons Patrice Weimer, in the West Indies, for crying out loud. Mm. So, if there's somebody out there in the whole wide world, Warren will p pick up the phone and call him, if he can get a hold of him. In fact, that's on my short list, I've been negotiating to get uh, Maureen O'Hare, who lives in Ireland. So, I'd like to get her on the show. So, we've been discussing, so I wouldn't mind calling Ireland to get Maureen O'Hare. Talk. So yeah, but there wanna be somebody. She's on my. I list. doubt. I doubt either one of you are familiar with them. But years ago, I used to listen to a dance band on the BBC on Sunday night. It was about an hour. Uh, I'm sure he's dead because I know he was uh, in World War One. But <clears throat> um. Did either of you ever hear of a dance band that a guy named Victor Sylvester had in England? That's not a, that's not a new one for me. That's a new one on me. Well, he, it was very good. I mean, it was just slow, easy music yeah. type thing, and I loved it. Um, and then they finally took him off the air, but uh, at the time he was alive because these were live shows. Yeah. But it was probably in the 70s when I was listening to it. Yeah. Maybe early 80s, but um, I looked him up on the internet, and he he was in World War One, and I, I was kind of surprised they did it, but I don't, I think he was underage when he went into the Army and didn't, you know, tell him. I don't know if you one, thought, I don't know if you One thought. of the first things he was assigned to do was an execution squad for oh. deserters. Oh. And, and he was just a teenager. And um, several other things. I, I thought he was absolutely amazing. But um, he sure had a good dance band, I'll tell you that. I don't know if you saw the news, but this past week, and I think I told Patricia, uh, we just lost the last 
veteran who was in combat in World War One. It seems like I did here. Yeah, a hundred and ten years, hundred and ten, hmm. and he just passed away within the last two weeks, and he's the last combat veteran of World War One. That's amazing. It sure is. Yeah. But you know, and I, I'm trying to remember how old he was, and I didn't realize that the last Confederate soldier died when I was. Oh, I see. I was 11 years old. Uh, he was from Texas, and he got to fly in an airplane and all this good stuff. They were still, in, in the 1980s, there were still widows of oh, yes. Civil War veterans still around. Yes, there was. But the last actual soldier, um, I think he outlived the last Union soldier by three years or something mm. like that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to admit he was a hundred and, uh, Lord, it won't come, I want to say it was a hundred and twelve or a hundred and thirteen, something like that. But I thought it was amazing, you know, he had, he had gotten to fly in an airplane yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that was a heck of a change in <laughs> things that had happened in that period of time. No doubt. You know, in his, in his lifetime, you I bet. mean. You bet. But anyway, if you ever can do anything with Vera Lynn, I would sure love to hear it. Well, she's been on my wish list. I've gone out and looked around her website. You see, they had a website every year, every year or so. I have a, I have a master Wongju wish list of people who I like to get on. It's about 200, and she's on the list. And so I go look for a website. Um, if I can't find an agent phone number or something like that, because you know, just for me, just. I don't, I'm not afraid of making the offer. It's me trying to track some of these people down. And you, you want to know they're still around. Right. You know. Well, you know, it, it makes you wonder how much longer she'll be there. So <laughs> you kind of fight the clock, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it's amazing how well or